Tamara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Yes. So I'd love for you to give a little bit of background. I was really interested in in talking to you after I heard about the incredible ability you you have and, and have gained and would love to hear a little bit about what got you interested in weightlifting and being in the athletic realm. So what got me interested in weightlifting, I would say, is my athletic background, but I kind of lost myself in my adult life. After having kids, getting married, going through a divorce, I kind of lost the sense of my athleticism. I used to play volleyball, basketball, through shot put all through um, school growing up. Um, and then when I got married, I lost sight of everything. I've always been strong mentally and physically. So it's kind of ironic that I went to a uh, strength sport because I, it, it, I felt like it found me. So talk to me a little bit more about losing yourself. What occurred in that time period that you just felt that way? I think um, when you get married and you become a wife and you're a mom, I had this uh, sense of, all right, it's not about me anymore. It's about taking care of my kids. It's about taking care of the household. And I just really got hyper fixated in that. But at the end of it all, I realized that in order to take care of my kids well, take care of my household well, I, have, I actually have to take care of myself. So during that time period um, in not taking care of myself, I actually turned to food as comfort because I was just pouring everything into my kids, all my energy into work, all my energy into um, my marriage, and I just kind of just got lost. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't feeding my body the right things. And then when I stopped and realized that I didn't eat all day, I would binge eat at night. So that's kind of what happened. I was go, 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 take care of kids, take care of my husband, take care of the household, wash the dishes, do the laundry. And it's like, wait, I didn't do anything for me today. I didn't even eat. And it turned into uh, this spiraling repetition of just binge eating at night, uh, which definitely wasn't good for me. I ballooned up to um, 415 pounds in less than a year. Oh my goodness. From, from what weight before that? Because that is, that is hard on a body and organs and everything. And I'm sure mentally was hard too. Yeah. So I was in like my mid 200s or something before I got to uh, 415. It was like a year and a couple months by that time I was my doctor was like, Tamara, what is going on? <laughs> like you put on way too much weight in a short um, time span. So yeah, I just kind of lost control. So when you're that far out from where you feel comfortable with and you're you know, in a bad habit spiral, how did you find the motivation to get out of it? And what called you to weightlifting? You know what, Rebecca, I remember for a long time, I actually stopped looking in the mirror and I think it was at the end of the, 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 um, the separation, we're about to go into the separation. And I finally looked at myself and I realized like tomorrow, all you have is you, you have to start taking care of you again. Although I still, um, my kids were moving with me. I just felt like I was going to be in this alone. So I remember not looking in the mirror and I finally did. What was a breaking point is one day I looked in the mirror, tried on this dress that I bought a week before that couldn't fit and a week, I'm sorry, that could fit. And then a week later, I couldn't get it zipped up. And I'm like, it's a week's difference. So 
I think that was the breaking point for me on top of having to use my son's baby socks to put it in my bra because the wire would be cutting into my skin. Like things like that, they were visuals. And truly just looking myself in the face, I, I just had to say enough is enough. Like if I'm going to be here and I'm the only person now that my kids have in the moment, although their, their dad's still very involved, he was, a, he was a great dad, just not a great husband. I had to look in the mirror and face that and realize like you, you have to start taking care of yourself. So what was your first step? Because I feel like that's not easy. Oh, it wasn't. So I've never really shared this with anyone, but one of the things that I turned to and and I think actually truly helped my mindset shift was I started I started with Herbalife. So I started with Herbalife. I started on this team and I started drinking shakes and protein and just understood that, hey, what you do with your body on the inside is going to transform on the outside. So I started looking at it. I started looking at myself like as a vessel, like as this vessel that I was going to take care of. You are what you eat. What you put in is what you get out. And all those mantras like lived in me to the point where I realized, okay, it's not about the shake. It's about what I feed my body. Food, food is fuel. So it really did not start into weightlifting or powerlifting right then and there. Like I started with a lot of like just uh, dumbbell training and, and body weight movements and just feeding my body the right thing. So the mindset shifted from fueling my body first, and then it crossed over into, all right, how do I build muscle? How do I tone things? Like, how do I get stronger? Um, cause I didn't want to end up with a lot of loose skin and I realized I had to take it slow. So that's kind of where my mindset was. So I don't want to fast forward too much, but you know, you've since started an, an incredible movement. Um, you have over 2 million people worldwide. You started women in powerlifting. You have a world record of deadlifting 636 pounds. I cannot even imagine. I feel like my eyes would explode out of my head. <laughs> How did you decide once you got started, you know, what made you say, okay, I'm going to keep going with this? And what did it give back to you mentally and physically? Oh my goodness. I think in the beginning, I was extremely motivated. I was motivated by the gratification that I got of just looking at myself in the mirror and being happy with what I saw looking back. Not from a standpoint of what I looked like on the outside, but just like just truly happy living within my body. I didn't feel like I was caged anymore. I can go on walks with my kids. I took them to the park. All these new things that I was doing, that for me was like the icing on the cake. Now, when it came to just being stronger, um, I think I've always been strong all my life. So breaking the all-time world record, I think I struggled with it mentally more because I thought that I couldn't versus the, the training aspect of it um, from the, the physical standpoint. I trained every day, got stronger. I kept going back. Motivation eventually died off. And then I treated it like paying the light bills, like Tamara, the same way you go to work and give your, your job, your nine to five, everything you got, you're going to have to clock out at, for them and clock into yourself. So I looked at it from that mindset, my um, perspective. Like I made myself a part-time job. Like taking care of me became a part-time job. It's not that I, I'm tired like everyone else. Like I train late at night 
I take care of my kids. I take care of the house, but I still have to find time. Just like I was going to go to my employer. I go to myself as my employer and I clock in for myself no matter what. So prior to you, I'm assuming this is what you do full time now, right? Actually, not yet. So I still have a nine to five. I don't work 40 hours a week anymore. Um, but uh, uh, sometimes my friends are like, Tamara, how do you even do this? Like, you still work in corporate America three to four days a week. You train, you have kids, you have your your businesses, you're working with Project Rock. Eventually, I'm going to walk away from this. I don't know if it's going to be the year walking away from um, corporate America this year, um, but my job has just been super supportive. So I'm still doing this all while working a, a full-time job. Okay. So how the F do you do that? Because you're a single mom, <laughs> you, work, you got how many kids? I have two kids and a dog. I just got a dog that's nine months old. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you wake up at three in the morning? Because I oh know so many women. No, no. You know what? It's gotten easier because my kids are older now. Okay. When this all first started, um, my son, I think he was like maybe six. My son is 10 now. My daughter's make, um, 16. So, Needless to say, they've seen mommy make a couple meal preps. My kids are, are really good. They know how to cook. They help mommy making breakfast in the morning. I get up at 6 a.m. So my day starts at 6 a.m. And my day ends at about, mm, I want to say 10 p.m. or so, 11 p.m. at night, depending on how my training sessions go. Um, how I how I do it is a village, man. Like a village. Like my mom's there for me to help when I need. My sister's there for me to help. When I need it, when it comes to the kids, I take naps in my car. <laughs> so on my lunch break, I eat and then I take a nap like or I eat and I go on an active walk like the days that I'm not training. So it's like I just figure it out. I figure it out and I realize like, you know what, although I wanted to do the laundry on Monday morning or Monday afternoon, if I do it on Tuesday, it's OK, too. So I think it's all about balancing your life and not beating yourself up if everything's not perfect. I agree with you on the beating, not beating yourself up. And, you know, I think so many women I've spoken to, whether it's on the podcast or, you know, just friends are like, I can't figure one component out, whether it's a workout or their own time or time with their husband. And so it's, it's incredible to me. And you're such a great example of fucking figure it out. Yes, absolutely. So what inspired you to start the powerlifting foundation and and what's involved in that? And how did you amass such an incredible following? So I think uh, a couple of things that I have is I have the women in powerlifting. I started that movement because I thought it was a perfect time coming out of COVID, just everyone being home, a lot of things you see on social media. And it got to a point where a lot of women were being attacked for being strong on social media. So I think it was important for us to come together as women and just celebrate each other, but then also help educate people in the process as well. Like we were told not to bench because you're going to look like a man. Don't get too strong because you're going to look 
look like a man. Women shouldn't yell. They shouldn't be loud in the gym. They they shouldn't lift heavy weights. Things like that, just putting us in a box. Um, so I, that's what kind of kicked off that movement. I had my daughter come home from her first week in high school. I had just uh, broken the all-time world record. And I'm so glad that over the course of the last couple of years, she kind of saw me change in mindset because she walked in the front door laughing, saying, Mom, I don't know if you saw that post. Someone says you must be a man because um, you lift 636 pounds. She's like, I guess I'm not your daughter. <laughs> like, you didn't birth me. And it's just like, man, like, why do people have to be so mean when they don't understand something, you know? Um, the next thing that I started was my My Strength is My Sexy Tour, which was absolutely amazing, just celebrating your strong being sexy as well as women. That kind of kick-started another foundation that I just recently started. It's called The Road to Victory. It's a branch of My Strength is My Sexy Tour. I actually lost my coach um, December of of 2022, unexpectedly. So I created this fund, which is being used to help fund lifters in his honor for as long as I can. So I did the first annual one. That's incredible. Thank you. you. What do you say to women who are trying to find their strength or their confidence? And what have you seen, you know, other women, you know, who've joined your movement accomplish? I say to women that are trying to find their, their strength, Stop trying. You already have it in you. Pull it out. It is there. We are all natural born fighters. When we're born, we're born fighting. Keep fighting. Pull it out. Don't try. I removed words like try and maybe and probably from my vocabulary. You can. You will. Get it done. You are a woman and you are strong. That's what I say to them. If someone told me three years ago, tomorrow that you'd be an all-time world record holder, that you would be the number one something in the world, I would have laughed in their face and told them that they were lying. So I say to someone, what are you? What can you be? What are you holding inside that the world is waiting to see? Unlock it. Let it out. That's what I say. Dare to, to be your best self. Dare to be apologetically you. And the things that you will become will be amazing. So I love your positivity. I want, I want to bottle it. (laughs) Where, where's your source of, where's your wealth? Oh, my source and my wealth. I think my source and my wealth comes from my grandmother and my mom. Like to know me is to know my family. So my source of wealth is my family the love and support that they've always given me, no matter how low I felt, I've always had that as a backbone. So I would say that that's where my wealth comes from, the people that I submerge myself in. And it's not even just your blood family. It's the family that you choose as well. So it's your support system, your circle, the people that you're around. That's my source of wealth. I love that. I always say there should be bubbles around someone when everyone's like, how do you get it done? There should be bubbles that pop up of, of their village. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've encountered some challenges. You mentioned you lost your coach unexpectedly. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you've had these extreme challenges, how did you sort of get back on the horse? This, this, I think this, The beginning of this year has been the hardest for me because, or even the end of last year, because he was sick for a little bit in December, so I didn't get to see him before he passed away. I saw him briefly dropping something off to his house two days before he passed away. 
I think how I kind of get myself back on the horse is that I have to remind myself where I was and why I started. And I have to remind myself that I made a promise long time ago that I'm going to show my kids better than I can tell them and they're always watching. My son said to me, and I think one of the moments that I remember is he said to me when he was like eight or something, he's like, mom, do you know there's 280 calories in this bag of snacks and there's two servings? So that's like times two. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like I don't monitor what they eat, but he must be listening. Like what is going on here? I must be doing something right. So I think I hone on to that. Like I hold on to that dearly for dear life. And every time I think about quitting, I get right back on because I know that I'm making them better by showing them better than I can tell them. And I know that the hard times are not going to last. Like I'm going to get over that hump. Like there were times in my life where I would beat myself up and self-sabotage myself because I said I was going to go running on Monday and then I never got it started. And then Monday would never come for two months. Now when Monday doesn't come, I make sure that my Monday turns into Tuesday. No matter what I do, I don't let anything throw me off. I'm going to get it done when I get it done, and I'm not going to let too much time go in between something that I find important that needs to be done. So I think that's one of my biggest focuses. I think your next opportunity is writing a book about this because it's an, it's very inspiring, your tenacity, your persistence. Thank you. I'm actually writing a book, but it's a children's book and my daughter's going to be illustrating it. So, Oh my God, that's I'm amazing. I'm excited about that. <laughs> when does that come out? I, I don't have a release date yet. I'm still in the progress of wrapping it up, but I'm so excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So where can people find out more about powerlifting, find out more about your organization, your foundation, all the places? I've, I've just been perusing your Instagram prior to us talking and I I'm in awe of what your abilities are and what you're able to do. So give us all the places. Oh my God. I think the best place that you can go is my name, www.tamarawalcott.com. And that's T-A-M-A-R-A-W-A-L-C-O-T-T.com. You can find everything there. It'll link you to all my social media. It'll link you to all my upcoming events. I'm actually doing a pretty huge motivational speaking event in New York on May 3rd. So you can definitely find information about that and more on my website. Awesome. And the last two questions I'd love to ask everybody, what is some advice either you've learned or been given that's been actually helpful? And what would we be surprised to know about you? Ooh, what you'd be surprised to know about. So let me start with the what you'd be surprised to know about me. So one of the things that people see are like my nails when I deadlift and things of that nature. I think one of the things that people will be surprised to know that during COVID, I actually did my own nails because I'm a licensed um, nail technician. I'm a very skilled licensed nail technician. Actually, I was doing all my friend's nails during COVID because all the nail places were shut down. Wow. Now, I know. <laughs> and what was the first question? What is one piece of advice you've either learned and want to pass on or that someone's given you that you want to pass on that was helpful? I'll give you one from a powerlifting standpoint, and then I'll give you one from a life's standpoint. The life standpoint 
came from my grandmother and I will never forget it because she drilled it in my head and I didn't understand it until I got older. Your current situation is not your final destination. You have to truly believe in that. She used to say it that way all the time. Tamara, your current situation is not your final destination. You have to truly believe in that. And once I started truly believing in it, I was able to kind of live in a better perspective and better headspace. Now, the powerlifting side of it, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I was given when I started in powerlifting The first lift that you do when you're on the platform is your squat. Someone told me, his name's Ian, and he's like 75 years old. He's still powerlifting. He said, Tamara, before my first meet, he said, Tamara, sink that first squat and give them no no room for doubt. And it will be smooth sailing from there on. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm here today still breaking records. Wow. Well, you are so inspired. I'm glad I interviewed you on a Monday because I'm going to take everything you said into my week. Awesome. (laughs) Um, And thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.